Hi. How are you doing, John? I'm doing all right. What kind of married life do I have that my husband reminds me that we have to watch Supernatural today? I don't know. You're off the game. What a horrible life that I get to watch Supernatural and talk about it at length with my darling husband. Okay. I'm so excited. I'm Dr. Patricia Gross Brewer. And I'm John Brewer. And we, you're Mr. John Brewer. Oh, no. We're very formal here at Up To and Including Death. My dad was Mr. Brewer. This is the second episode of our... <laughs> my dad was Mr. Brewer. This is the second episode of our bonus pod, Moose and Squirrel, but we're married to Supernatural Watch Pod. That's a lot of words. It is a lot of words. We still haven't figured out what we're going to call it. Uh, that's your expertise. I know, but this is like, we're like in with each other and we're like zipping and zopping off of each other and we're like bouncing ideas back and forth. And so I feel like it's not just my duty. Well, I think it should be a supernatural reference, which I know next to nothing of. Well, I guess we'll have to keep trying, huh? I guess so. So last week we had the pilot episode, which I think a lot of people in the know would call the woman in white because that is the name of the bad guy. Bad guy? Well, bad woman, but yeah. bad person. Bad spirit. Bad spirit. I am so excited to get more into ghost talk, but that is not today. I like ghosts. I always wanted to see one. Yeah, we've got a few ghosts. The next episode after this, episode three, is also a ghost story, but we're watching episode two, Wendigo or Wendigo. I would say Wendigo. Have you ever heard of a Wendigo? I've heard of a Wendigo. What is a Wendigo? It's in it the Native American uh, creature. Yeah, so a Wendigo, or Wendigo, I don't know how to pronounce it properly, is a mythological creature or evil spirit which originates from the folklore of First Nations based on the around the East Coast forests of Canada, the Great Plains region of the U.S., and the Great Lakes region. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where we live. We have Wendigos. Uh, really? Of the U.S. and Canada? No, it's not a real thing. Okay, well, it might be. I thought you were into cryptids. I, I enjoy talking and listening about them, but, uh... Yeah. Uh, oh, this makes sense because this is, uh, grouped in modern ethnology. Uh, like, so, the natives, uh, the First Nations people, the Native Americans, the Indians that are in our area are of the Algonquin, uh, subgroup, right? Are Ojibwe. Yeah, Ojibwe. Ojibwe. And, um, which are Chippewa, I believe, yeah. is another term for, like, a lar- the larger subgroup. Um, and so the Wendigo is often said to be a malevolent spirit. So I guess spirits, right? Sometimes depicted as a creature with human-like characteristics, which possesses human beings. So there's the possession version of it is known for, to invoke feelings of insatiable greed or hunger, the desire to cannibalize other humans, as well as the propensity to commit murder in uh, those that fall under its influence. So, in indigenous representations, the Wendigo is described as a giant humanoid with a heart of ice, a foul stench, or sudden unreasonable chill might precede its approach. Um, and then there's a bunch of other part of the history. A lot of this comes from, um, from Wikipedia, which I'm directly reading from. So that's the monster. So we got a kind of spirit, but one that has a physical form. Yeah. So... Th- I wonder if the dog snoring is on this 
It's, it might be. It's so loud and, uh, and so cute. Sometimes I'll be sitting here and I'll be reading a book while John's sleep- you're sleeping next to me because you sleep during the daytime because you work nights. And Loki will be next to me snoring and the dog will be snoring and then you will be snoring and I'll just be sitting there happy as a clamp like, aw, everybody snores and it's adorable. So... <laughs> Sure. I think we're going to notice that a lot of supernatural episodes deal in death. Um. Well, yeah, that's kind of like the whole thing, right? <laughs> that's kind of like the whole thing. Do you How want... would they know if there was a supernatural being somewhere if it wasn't killing people? That's exactly right. How would we know? I'm very excited to watch this episode with you. And just some, some stuff from the liner notes. Uh, the uh, It is written by Eric Kripke. And the story, the teleplay was written by Eric Kripke, which I guess is the script. Yeah, it would be the direction of the actors and and how they want things to move on screen. The story was by Ron Milbauer and Terry Hughes-Burton, directed by David Nutter, and the original air date was 9-20-05. It was a while back. It was a while, while back. Deep in the Colorado woods, deep in horror, Sam and Dean's search for their father and for the evil power that killed Jessica leads to the blood-soaked path of a Wendigo, a cannibal spirit of Native American lore. Now, there's probably going to be some problematic stuff in this, and we're going to find out. Oh, I don't know. It was only 16 years ago. It was only 16 Everything years ago. Was fine then. My favorite line doesn't come for a season or so, but uh, it's Dean that says, What is this, gender studies? <laughs> And he says this to the 17-year-old girl that wants to come uh, hunt with him. And uh, and, she's like, and she's like, what, you think I can't hunt because I'm a woman? And he goes, what is this, gender studies? Of course women can hunt, but you can't because you're 17 and <laughs> don't know how to use a gun or whatever. But that was my favorite thing because I've taught gender studies. And I'm like, you're right, Dean. You're right. But Dean's like a feminist because Dean's he's woke. like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with women hunters. It's only that children should probably not be hunters. Probably not. Like Sam and Dean had to be when they were kids. Mm -hmm. Okay, so where we last left off, Dean asks Sam to come and do, you know, take part in the family business, saving people, hunting things, the family business. Sam said no. No, yeah. Came home to a delicious plate of cookies. Yeah. Sat uh, on the bed and... Watched his girlfriend burn. But also her belly was, like, weirdly bleeding, too. So it's like, as he looked up, the wound opened up on her tum-tum. And she burned, and now he's together with Dean, who did save him from the fire, much like at the beginning of the episode when he saved baby Sam from the fire. It all comes around. Every woman in Sam's life is going to burn. And Dean's always going to try to save him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, that's very interesting, because you don't... You've not watched it. No, no. But you just said a very important statement, which is if you've had sex with Sam Winchester, you're going to die. Oh. It's not going to go well for you. That must be problematic when he like wants to have sex with somebody. He's like, uh, you're going to sign a waiver. He has a cursed penis. That's probably TMI, but we do use the explicit tag here on Moose and Squirrel, but we're married, a supernatural watch pod. <laughs> I think. Sam is now going to join Dean on the quest. And one thing I don't think we mentioned too much of is that the father had left behind his journal 
which has his marine shorthand and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Coordinates of where he could be located. Yeah, or... coordinates of where he could be. Well, he, he left oh. coordinates. Yes, he left coordinates. And it also has all of his like notes about all the hunting things, because their dad is supposed to be like the number one hunter that ever existed. Ooh. Way Ooh. to go, Negan. Yeah, Negan. It's weird, because for me, he's not Negan. It's yeah. Sam and Dean's dad that's being oddly sexual, and I'm uncomfortable with that. <laughs> Like, John Winchester, why do you strut like that? I don't like this. (laughs) Why do you smash people's heads in? I don't like this. (laughs) All right, let's get going. (laughs) Murder happened! That was quick. It was very fast that we had our first death. We had the uh, quarterback from, from Glee named Corey Monteith. The fellow who passed away from a drug overdose uh, a few years ago. Uh, what's so so? Glee kid was in the camp with a bunch of other kids, right? Yeah. And two other kids. With yeah, and they well, we call them kids because we're old people. But yeah. how old do you think they're depicted as? I would say early to mid twenties. Early to mid twenties, definitely in that range. They are on a camping trip in the woods. One of them has just checked in with his sister. Corey Monteith uh, is there looking very much like a frat guy, too. They all look like frat guys together. Yeah, puka shells. Clear giveaway of frat guy. This was published in 2005. September yeah. 2005. Glee came out in May of 2009. And he played a high school student. And here he is four and a half years earlier playing a college student well, more power to him i guess more power to him i guess he had that kid face but it just kind of make everything kind of silly doesn't it maybe in canada your skin is just softer from the cold is that true up here too no i don't know everyone's kind of wizened from the to, winter you have to watch the grassy junior high because those kids are probably all older than they played too so maybe it is a canadian thing so we just had a bunch of campers get killed by something with claws yeah, some ripping through the tent, making yeah. growly noises. It sounded originally like a bear, but we saw a claw that did not look like a bear claw. I don't know. I didn't really see the claw. I just saw the swipe marks in the tent, which looked kind of like a bear. So that took place in Colorado. Now we're in Palo Alto, California. Oh. Okay, and I think that we might see some boys now because Sam has just left Stanford. He was at Stanford. He was supposed to graduate soon. I think he might have missed his call, his law school interview. Oh, probably. I guess we'll find out. John. Trash. You just <laughs> you just got to have a really cool view of their trunk, their magic trunk yeah. full of guns and weapons. They opened that the last episode too. They did, and yeah. so in the first episode, it's something I didn't mention, but uh, there's a, a hand sickle in the first episode. And so when they first were thinking about this particular show, Eric Kripke and his uh, his writing team and blah, 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 they thought that they would have Sam and Dean have their like own special guns and weapons. And Sam's special weapon is a that sickle thing that's in the... John's holding up the um, the DVD art. Uh, and on the, the, blue, the non-Blu-ray, the, the DVD. DVD version of the box sets, you get really cool fan art, really cool art, not fan art. And Sam is holding the sickle that's supposed to be his like special weapon. But they decided that that was ridiculous, yeah, like immediately. Ridiculous. And they're like, no, Sam and Dean would probably just use any weapon that was right next to them at any given time. Yeah. And so now we've already done the research. 
And so basically, the kids that died were, there's like one sister that wants to go and find her brother, right? Sam and Dean are going there uh, because they were looking for their dad. Their dad yeah. sent them there, right? Now, the sequence that was in Palo Alto, California that I just mentioned in the podcast was actually a dream sequence with a jump scare that got me again, yeah. even though I've seen this episode dozens of times. And I always go through the same thing where I think, here's Sam in a suit putting flowers at Jessica's grave, right? But she has, like, a full-on tombstone with everything carved. And I think, in every single time I think this, I think, this is so ridiculous. They wouldn't already have the tombstone right now. She'd be buried, and they would have ordered the tombstone. But if it was a quick burial, it would have been no tombstone for a little bit. And then I feel like a big old dummy because I get a jump scare, and he wakes up in the car with Dean driving, and they're in Colorado. Yeah. So what are your thoughts so far? As far as the story? Yeah. Or, I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. So Sam and Dean have gone to a the park station, I yeah. guess you could call it. Uh, and they're kind of learning about this place. It's an odd place. This place is, their father sent them to. It's just the woods yeah. on a dangerous hiking path, basically. That's teamed with grizzly bears. Teeming with grizzly bears, and uh, and they kind of stumble upon a case because this Haley girl is a real pistol, and she's upset her father, her brother is missing, and Dean really gets it. Yeah, he gets it. He gets it. So he, he wants to get it. He wants to get it. That's going to be an ongoing theme with Dean for a little while. Is he wants to get it until he loses all hope. Of a future, it's very sad. But anyway, we'll get Spoiler. to that. Sorry, we'll get to that later. Um, and so Sam, <laughs> so Sam does the research and finds out a bunch of people have been missing. Dean does some research too. Every twenty three years. Too. Every twenty three years, there's some kind of almost as if there's a cycle. But they found out from nineteen fifty nine there was a survivor. Yep. Who was a boy, and his parents get killed, and they go talk to the survivor, and they find out it was not a grizzly. But the scar that he has mm -hmm. is way too large for a scar he could have gotten at nine years old. Yeah. So the first thing, figure out, yeah, it is way too big. But it's almost like it was caused by a supernatural creature. And it caused his scars to grow as he grew? Or maybe it was a kind of mark. Because I, I got a scar when I was nine that was half of my leg at the time, and now you can barely see it. Mm. I have the same thing on my elbows, where it used to be all my whole elbow situation, and now it's yeah. just a little bit... Uh, so I found that odd that he had a scar from nine that was gigantic. It was odd, but also if it was caused by a supernatural being, maybe those have different rules. They grow with you. Maybe. <laughs> he scarred his soul. His soul has been scarred. So they've, they're getting a bunch of guns. They're going to go to the woods in the morning, go hiking, and which I think is hilarious because these two just, while they do strike me as good Texas boys, as they are from Texas, they do strike me as like, oh, let's go out and play with cattle. They don't strike me as let's go hiking in the woods kind of guys. Yeah, in a mountain. In a mountain. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see, shall we? So we had our first reference back to Dad's journal for information about a bad thing. Yeah, is that a big deal? Yeah, I just like it. So, they were thinking it might be a skinwalker or a black dog. Yes. Right? And they go into this woods on a lovely hike in blue jeans and biker boots. As one does. 
And while they are looking around, they find uh, the Haley character, the Spitfire, right? And uh, she has uh, hired... She's there with her little brother and some dude she hired who is basically Muldoon from uh, Jurassic Park. Okay. And so, and he's got a gun and all this stuff and he's going to make sure everyone's fine and they're going to find... So they find the campsite. It is covered in blood and it's ripped apart. And her first reaction is... To scream her brother's name. Well, he might be injured laying in the field somewhere, so yeah. Yeah, except for the fact that something did this, obviously, and she's screaming and letting it know where they are. Yeah, let's... You don't know how you're going to react in an emergency situation. I guess not, I guess not. So, at some point, as they're kind of looking around, everyone puts their stuff down. Yeah. All their stuff just goes on the ground. And they're talking, and then they hear the brother scream, and hear someone scream. Well, that's when they put everything down, was when oh. they heard the brother scream, thinking yeah. they could run faster without mm-hmm. all their stuff, I think. And put everything... But they don't find him, so then Sam has this aha moment in his mind. Yeah. And then they get back, he's like, we gotta go back to camp. And then he has to see Gene alone, and then what happens? Every... Oh. What? They reference the book. He's oh, like, give me Dad's well, you journal. You missed a spot when they go back to the camp and everything's gone. Oh, they go back to the camp. Everything's gone. And then Sam uh, gets Dean to come back with him and, or to go in a, in a little secret conversation time. And in their secret conversation, he's like, let me see Dad's journal. He opens it up to this page with a creepy drawing on it. And he's and Dean's response is, Sam, can't be a, a, a Wendigo. They've never been this far out west. They're in the Minnesota woods or, or northern Michigan. Yeah. Not co- not as far west as Colorado. I found it weird that he pronounced it Wendigo, like you did. Yeah, but I only call it that because of this this episode. Every phonetic spelling online that I could find said Wendigo. And that's how I had always heard it. Let me look uh, in the Canadian encyclopedia. Yeah. Then they don't have a phonetic... Oh, well, the spelling and pronunciation differs. Wendigo, Wheatigo, Windicoke, Winsigo, Wheatigo, and Wittika. And then we're also using our own accents as we try to pronounce it, and so that's a mess, too. Yeah. I wonder if it's like the Augustine, Augustine, Augustine. Yeah. I well, say Augustine, you say Augustine. Yeah. I'd always heard it, Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the thing I, is, I heard Wendigo... Before this, and then I... But yeah. this pronounces Wendigo. This is the only time I've ever heard or seen Wendigo. Well, here you go. Yeah. You're learning it here first, bud. I bet you've never seen one in real life, and you're you're seeing video... Co- this is found footage. This is documentary. Documentary of two <laughs> brothers just trying to find their dad. There's actually a third brother. He's the one with the camera. Oh, that's how it works? There are a couple terrible episodes that are found footage episodes, but I kind of love them. And they had bad reviews and stuff, but I was, like, super into it. Huh? To each their own. All right, we'll get to them. All, All right. right. Let's go. Dad wants us to pick where he left off, saving people, hunting things, the family business. He's left off already? But he's still doing that. What? He says you want to pick up where he left off, but yeah. their dad is still hunting and doing these yeah, things. Yeah, but the dad can't hunt the small monsters because he's going after the big monster. Oh. So that's why the dad has given them the journal. They're having a they're having a fireside chat. 
Yeah, so it's a wild goose chase for their dad, but it's really going to put them in places to hunt things. So I think the most famous line from the first episode is, Driver picks the music and shotgun shuts his cake hole. Mm -hmm. And the most famous line from this one is, saving people hunting things the family business. It's pretty, like, it's. I have a shirt that says that. Yeah, sums up the show, right? Yep, pretty much, yeah. All right, let's go. All right, John. That was the end. And what an end it was. So I was thinking a lot about how in Supernatural, and we'll have to maybe take a tally of this, but so many of the bad things, they're not supernatural from like non-human sources. They're humans that have become twisted. So a ghost is a spirit that has done something. So the woman in white, the first person we saw that was the bad guy was a woman in white. She murdered her children because her husband was unfaithful. And we learned that that's a a lot of them are like this. And in this case, a Wendigo is not a natural phenomena. It is the phenomena where, according to the the way the show is described, um, it happens when someone, it doesn't have to be a native person. It could be a white person for, it could be anybody, but what you have to do is get really hungry and eat a bunch of your friends because, uh, and basically be a cannibal. And this is happening in Colorado and, and the, the kid, the, the kid brother that's with them, um, that's the brother of, uh, our spicy girl, Haley, um, is, uh, he says, Oh, like the Donner party. It's like, yeah, yeah. like the Donner party. I think they were with Jeffrey Dahmer. Like if he would have gone, become a Wendigo. That'd be interesting. But the thing is, he didn't eat people out of the need. It was a hunger. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I think it's that when you, this idea of needing someone, needing that, right? So it's an interesting thing where. So you don't want to eat people. You're driven to eat people. Yeah, we're, we establish, I mean, the first two episodes of the show established pretty hard that people are bad guys, right? And so, and the, and they beca- even the supernatural aspect of it, they don't deal with normal bad guy stuff, right? They deal with humans that become evil, right? And so a ghost is nothing but that, but we learn later on about ghosts and how they kind of, they go insane because they're not, you're not supposed to be non-corporeal in the supernatural universe. You're either supposed to be in heaven or hell or in a body, but you're not supposed to be outside your body on the earth because you go crazy. But that we learn that a lot more late with far, far later on. Um, the next episode plays around with ghosts as well. It's called dead in the water. And that's where we get Sarah Gamble. Uh, Sarah Gamble is the, writes this one along with, uh, Riley Tucker. And the cool thing about Sarah Gamble is she actually becomes a showrunner for a little bit. Oh yeah. And so they had, I like that there are women in the writer's room, in Supernatural, and you can really tell how important the relationship between the brothers is very early on. They have a chick flick moment, even though they say no chick flick moments a lot in the show. That's kind of like a line that's been used a yeah. lot. But they definitely have a chick flick moment. At the end when uh, Sam gets to drive. Yeah, when Sam gets to drive, and also that Dean was trying to ask him if he wanted to drive because he's trying to, Yeah. you know, he knows that Sam's hurting. But Sam's also pretending like he's nothing wrong. But Dean knows there's something wrong, obviously, because his girlfriend just got horribly murdered in front of him by a yeah. demon that killed their mother. <laughs> yeah, that'll do that to you. But this is the long. This will be the beginning of a long-standing tradition of the Winchesters just putting that weight down and pretending like it doesn't matter, but it does matter. Does Sam ever get to drive again with Dean in the car? Yes. Oh. Well, 
With Dean in the car? Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Okay. Now, Sam had a dream that was bad. What? He had a bad dream at the beginning of the, oh, yeah. of the episode. The, the jump scare dream. And which is funny that I had a reaction to it, even though I've seen this show so many times. But you want to just put a pin in that. Okay. Put a pin in that concept. Though I, I'm looking over at the at the DVD thing right here. And really, it's all Monster of the Week mostly for the next um, for the next 10 episodes. And I think is that what they're trying to do for the next ten episodes until episode thirteen. Oh wait, yeah. There's another one missing here. Yeah, right it's here. over here. So until episode. Oh okay, never mind. Let me look at this. Yep, it's all monster of the week, almost the entire season. So and that's the way they do it in Supernatural. They kind of want it want you to fight an individual monster. You get to learn about some different type of lore. Sometimes they make stuff up whole cloth, but like in this one. They follow along certain ideas. Like, there are women in white. There are Wendigo. I mean, there's myths of yeah, them. Yeah. And they follow along with the myths pretty closely. And what you have to do is understand how these monsters work and where they go and where they come from so that you know how to kill them. Sam and Dean already knew how to kill Wendigos, which I found interesting is, like, they, they already know very well where they're found. And that's why they weren't expecting them at all. And that's why they're so ticked off. And, like, the guns don't work because Wendigos have to have fire. So... Their knowledge of lore is already pretty vast, just based upon what their dad knows, but also just their own experience. Yeah, they've been in the family business. Yeah, but a big thing about what they have to do is investigate local areas to find out who is missing and why. And so you got a lot of cold case file stuff happening in the show, which I quite like. Okay, well, we'll be getting into that. So what do you think compared to the first episode? What are some highlights? Um, I think I liked the first episode better. Okay. What were the drawbacks uh, of this one, then? I don't know. I think it's just ghost stuff is more in my wheelhouse than a Wendigo. Well, I think that this episode in particular has a problem. I think the whole first season has this issue with the actual color on the screen. Um, this episode and the first episode both take place largely at night, and it is dark. And yeah. we have a fancy new TV that we have upped the saturation of the color on. And it's still pretty dark. And it's also difficult to hear. And I think it's something to do with the production value of that first two seasons. They play around with the darkness. So you don't actually see the Wendigo, really, till the very end when he yeah. gets burned alive and you see him for a second. And then they switch really quickly from... They have makeup on a dude, they have CGI for a hot second, and then they just have a burning corpse yeah. that's actually on fire. So they do a pretty good... They know the limitations in this time of like of CGI on a computer, and so they're just doing actual like special effects, which is pretty awesome, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? But again, that kind of nighttime shooting, it looks really cool, but it's really hard for me to see it or hear. <laughs> yeah. It might be that we're old. Maybe there's like a special filter that you have to be in your 20s to be able to see and hear Supernatural. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Just recalling what it looked like. Yeah, I'm just, every time I watch Supernatural, I'm remembering the first time I saw that episode, and that's why I jumped at the jump scare. Yeah. There's a few jump scares in this episode. We're not unfamiliar with jump scares in Supernatural. And we did have a really good thing of Sam, <laughs> Sam and Dean splitting up for a second. One of them getting caught. Dean gets hot, caught, almost dies. There's a lot of episodes. Is that a trend? 
I'm well. I'm starting to think now of there's a lot of things where Dean gets caught. Sam gets caught a few times too, later on. But Dean gets caught a lot, and he ends up hanging by his arms. It's just to show off those beefy biceps. Those right? beefy biceps. One of the things too, I'm rewatching it on this television is the reminder that that Jared Padalecki, who plays Sam, is massive. Like even here, they're kind of. I think early on they kind of downplay how gigantic Sam is, but like he's he's huge, because I think I think that Dean. I, let's look at their heights again. We looked up their heights. We were talking about this not too long ago, but uh, let's look. Jensen Ackles' height. So Jensen Ackles is six foot one, right? Yeah. Um, and oh, what's up? Jared Padalecki is six foot four. And that extra three inches makes Jensen Ackles look like a baby. It's quite remarkable. Uh, so, so I was about to call you Sam, but I was because I was looking at Jared Padalecki. Oh. Sorry, sorry. So I think that we're we're doing pretty good. Did you want to talk a little bit about the drama that was on Twitter? You can go into that. You okay. Know. So I just passed it on because I had seen there's a prequel coming. I think in this podcast, just as a discussion matter, I think we it might be useful. It's one thing if we talk about things that happened in real life that affected the show. It's one thing to talk about things that happened in real life that affected the show. Uh, Jensen Ackles, uh, the jacket that he wears, that leather jacket, got stolen from a hotel room during convention. So after, I think, season three, you never see it again because it got stolen and they can't really replicate a leather jacket like that. Uh, and then Jared Padalecki, Sam, Jared Padalecki, Sam, like in real life, Jared Padalecki broke his arm. So Sam, they had to make an explanation because usually in this they get hurt and then they're fine right away. Yeah. Even though it takes months and months to heal from these wounds. Um, but in real life, Sam Winch, like uh, Jared Padalecki broke his arm or shoulder or something like that. I think it's ha- like different type of injuries happen. So I think that's relevant. But the mental health situation with the with the actors and their personal relationship might be something to avoid or go into at a later date. I think that there's this problem of like the the fans of Supernatural have really loved these two guys. But there's a lot of infighting that's kind of nasty about how they talk to each other on social media. And recently there was kind of a kerfuffle where Jensen Ackles has a new uh, a new production company and they're doing a prequel with Mary and John Winchester in their early relationship and, and things like that. And Jensen, apparently Jared Padalecki hadn't heard about the prequel and found out on Twitter with everybody else. And then announced that he found out on Twitter with everybody else and his feelings were really hurt. And it was a big, I mean, big drama, quote unquote. But really, it sounds like they actually finally, they talked on the phone and both of them seem to be dealing with the fact that they were very close for 15 years and now they don't work in the same place anymore. Yeah. So they don't get to hang out all the time anymore. And I don't know. But it's also, I don't know. The, the, that part of the fan culture, maybe we'll have to get into it another date. We'll have fan episodes. There are actually episodes of Supernatural that are fan episodes, and that might be a good time. It gets pretty yeah. meta. Early on, they're not as meta because, of course, they don't have as much of a fandom. But once their fandom kicks in, they start doing these big conventions, and they start becoming not fan servicey. People say that it's fan servicey to have the bro moments, the chick flick moments, but it's in the second episode. Yeah. Like, we see Dean trying to take care of Sam, knowing Sam's upset and Sam doesn't want to talk about it. 
in the very first episode, or in the first episode and the second episode. Yeah. So uh, it's right there in the fabric of the show. I personally wish them both the best, and I love this show, so I'm just going to s- not worry about Twitter drama. Yeah. Unless you want to get involved in Twitter drama. I don't want to get involved. Do you want to get in a Twitter fight? No. No. I think I'd be pretty upset if you started a new podcast and I found out on Twitter. But we also sleep in the same bedroom. Yeah, that'd be a little odd. Yeah, it'd be like, you're just announcing your life decisions. I mean, I did accept a job without telling you the yeah, other day. Yeah, did. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. All right, well, I think that's it. We we were practicing a call-off last time. Oh, I don't remember what it was. I, oh, did you not listen to the last podcast? I did, but that was... Oh, honey, I listened to our podcast, that too. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. So, our last call-off had to do with, like, driver picks the music and wife's do the research. Something like that. But obviously, wife doesn't always do the research. And, <laughs> and there wasn't a whole lot of music in this episode. No, there was two, they, two main songs. Yeah, they played Hot-Blooded by Foreigner near the beginning, and then they played Fly By Night by Rush at the end. Yeah, and so Hot-Blooded was when Sam was waking up from his dream in which... He was grabbed by the, the by corpse. By a cold-blooded of, lady. By a cold-blooded lady. And uh, and Fly By Night is when Sam gets in the car. They've had a bro moment. And they're ready to go. And it's also nighttime. Yeah, I guess so. So they're literally flying by night. Again, I'm here for the puns, man. Yeah. It's stupid. And I love it. Because everything's so serious. But then here's a really weird pun with a song. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a little bit less with that. But I think our our, uh, our call-off can be, I'll see you next time when we discuss episode three, Dead in the Water. <laughs> goodbye. Do you want to say goodbye? Oh, see ya. See ya. Bye. The intro and outro of our podcast is Fire and Ice Rock Mix by Stefan Kartenberg. Copyright 2017. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Thank you, Stefan.